This episode of the FitCast is brought to you by Pedestal Footwear, the company that has engineered the ultimate footwear for those of us that like to train hard, get the benefits of barefoot training, and also get the great grippiness of a shoe. Check them out at pedestalfootwear.com. Also, just a heads up that Alan's audio is not really that great. I tried my best to clean it up, but you're going to want to listen to this one in a quiet spot or with headphones on, someplace where you can just really listen to the audio because his audio is not fantastic, but it's well worth listening to. Just some fantastic stuff, as always, from Alan. I really hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome back to the FitCast. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and back on the show, I'm so excited, leading up to, believe it or not, episode 400, someone that was on, I believe it was episode number six, if you can believe that. That was that long ago. Uh, my guest this week is Alan Cosgrove. Alan, how are you? Good. Wow. Episode six. I think I've been on twice since then as well. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, usually, usually when somebody good cancels at the last minute, you call me, right? Well, the, the, this is, this is, we've got a couple things. We've got a couple things. I mean, you and Lou have put together uh, a bunch of books. So we've always done episodes for the books. And, uh, I, th- I I've, think, been a, I've been a guest star on those episodes, even if I wasn't there. Right. And, and I think there was like, a, there was an episode like 100 or, or 150 or something like that. But, you know, like th- this was, I can't believe this is how good the memory is of people that listen to this show is. I forget who it was, but I was doing like a hands-on at Perform Better last week in Providence, and someone like goes up to me. It's like, oh, like are, are you going to have Alan on the show soon? I'm like, yeah, I, I think we're doing something for like you know leading up to 400, and like, well, ask him you know about Greens Plus and, and see if it's and someone and did someone did it on Facebook too? Like that is the thing that people people remember that very first time you're on. And how I lost my Greens Plus sponsorship. <laughs> a poor twenty-year-old kid trying to make a you know monetize a podcast in college, and uh, my my first sponsor disappeared quite soon after that. But hey, you know it's a great product that tastes like shit. <laughs> I think that's I think that's. A I, quote. Like the, I like the I like the There's a Canadian one um, that John Berardi put me on to called uh, Greens Plus Daily Detox. Yeah, and it tastes sure. A lot of that stuff that when you look back, like that's. That's something that some of those stuff tastes good now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not not bad back in there. They're just like, oh, I hate them. Yeah, there's. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't take them. I don't care what you say. Some of them. I, I think, I mean, most people kind of uh, find their own brand. There's so many of them out there. As long as you can yeah, find something changed, that's not... changed now. I like right. the one in Canada is the one that I... It's called Greens Plus 2, but it's a completely different formula. I don't, oh. know, don't know why it is, but it's... Uh, I got that shit from Canada. It's uh, it tastes um, it tastes really good. Well, who knows? I mean, it might just be like completely separate companies, and they just like license yeah, the name yeah, out or something. Yeah. Uh, but but we we do have like really a jam packed show because a lot of people stepped up on Facebook with a bunch of questions and I mean this is this is like part of like why I'm kind of doing these these shows is like I like to be old nostalgic and look back and like I like to you know kind of look back on on I don't want to say like your career but like the last ten years um, and how we kind of like initially connected because when we were like initially supposed to connect it was going to be at the jp fitness summit in 2006 mm-hmm. and yeah. and I, I didn't make it to that one you did not make it to that one and that was uh i believe your second battle it was in yeah. 2006 right yep i was uh, diagnosed actually um 
12 years ago, July 27th, so we're recording this July yeah. 26th. So 12 years ago today, I was uh, first diagnosed and then the, I was scheduled to do a JP's event, um, I want to say April or May 2006. Yeah. About six weeks prior to it, we found out I'd relapsed and I was having to go, there was no, there's no way I could do the, the seminar and like the, the clock was ticking, you know, mm. I had to go straight, straight to the hospital for a, a transplant. So fortunately I had to, to, I mean, no one, everybody in the GP fitness guys, all those guys are super cool and understanding when, when I explained why I was pulling out, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's, and that was, um, just the other, just last month was my 10 year anniversary. Of my that's right. Uh, just, just, uh, I always joke that well, it's not a joke. It's, it's true. I, I checked in the hospital six six six, and my transplant was the thirteenth. So if you're like, <laughs> if you're at all superstitious, cancer is bad enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got in on six six six, and then your transplant was the thirteenth. Uh, yeah, ten years. That was when you were doing podcasts, and I, I just said to, to Rachel yesterday, I'm like, I remember this. I don't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> like in order to learn to listen, it wasn't on iTunes. Good to listen to it on the internet. Mm-hmm. I had to just be sitting at my computer listening to it, and then you were out here at MTV or something for a wee <laughs> That's right. Right, yeah. you're out and I'm like, man, it's just like now there's an app on my phone that podcasts download automatically. <laughs> you know, and you were you were truly the first person. I didn't even know what it was. You know, like uh, I think prior to that, any interviews I'd done were. Um, like they'd, they'd record it and mail it on a CD to people. <laughs> like it was never anything like this. And like you were, it's it's really it's really cool to to have even made a little part of your success because you're just doing like you were so far ahead of the curve. It's, it's nuts to think that you just never stopped. Right, and it's episode four hundred coming up. Well, you just you just go week to week, and you just well, I want to talk to this person. You want to do you want to do another one, but uh, you know we were kind of joking before about the greens plus stuff, but I, I really do owe you a ton for, for your support at, at the start and, and over the years. And just like, you know, I, this is breaking the, the magic of recording, but I, I talked with J- Dan John uh, a couple of days ago and it's like, you know, the same deal, like the, the relationships that I've built uh, through this show have just uh, meant so much. And, and you're right at the top there. And uh, all the, I mean, I remember we, I came out to talk to you about my career because I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, do, do I stay at MTV? Do I try to like get a job during the recession at a media company in, in like on the West Coast? Or, you know, luckily I made the right decision. I went back and, and interned at uh, Cressy, now Cressy Sports Performance, but uh, it worked out all right. Yeah, it's not. You didn't know what you wanted to be when you grew up. No, well, I, was, <laughs> I mean, I, I still feel like I still feel like I'm starting to almost feel old now. But even at 30, it's it's like wow, there's still. You know, potentially, if we have some really cool, cool breakthroughs, I could get like another seventy, eighty years out of life. Like, let's uh, let's make sure we do some cool things with it. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like, like I said, it's really, really cool to see. Like, uh, you know, I, like I said, I have no idea what a podcast was, and <laughs> some somehow you managed to to track down my email address and convince me to do it. I, you, I like, that's my right. Schuler's fault. <laughs> I got it from Lou, I think. Lou's a good guy. Lou, Lou, like it's funny because now I think Lou gets asked like six times a day for himself to do podcasts <laughs> and like three or four times a week for me. 
And he screams, he screams everybody. He doesn't send anybody my way. Uh, it's, but it's, it's just, man, it's so cool. You've done such such cool stuff. And it's what I, like my uh, my friend from Scotland, uh, Terry, was, I think I've mentioned him before on, yeah. on your podcast. He was over, he surprised me for my my uh, my transplant anniversary. And he was t- says that the only the only fitness one he listens to now is, is the Fitcast. That's, that's awesome. He's, so he's, a, he's an old school He's an old school listener and he's still listening. He won't listen when it's me. He's in the <laughs> Well, maybe if he knows he's getting a name drop, it will it will help. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, just like over over the years, I, I remember when we first talked. Like we were talking about. I mean, it, maybe it was the original New Rules of Lifting. I believe that's what it was. I still have the the blue hardcover sitting on my shelf over there. I lost the I lost the dust cover, but I still have the you know the the hardcover book and. Um, it's been incredible to see how you you've helped so many people over the years with with fat loss program design uh, and just have really killed it on the the educational side and you know I think maybe more than anything right now uh, and, and this is just with the people that I talk to you and Rachel have just been doing incredible work helping people out with their businesses with uh, Revolt Results Fitness University, like even uh, you know Jason uh, Pack and, and Lauren, uh, who are here in Boston, like I get to talk to them uh, a lot about the incredible stuff that you guys have have worked together on. And it's just, um, it's just amazing to see how many people that you've been able to reach over these last, you know, 10 years, and now more on the business side, uh, and, and still killing it at Perform Better, like still packing the house, man. I think part of it, Kevin, is just you, you listen to the you listen to the your, your audience, you listen to your your, your customers and mm. the market. And the, I I got started to get asked a lot of business questions. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, I saw uh, Eric and, and Anna perform uh, better a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and Eric, Eric put a nice thing online saying that there wouldn't be crazy sports performance if it wasn't for me helping her. And uh, it's funny is that I was. I remember coaching Eric on business in the hospital from mm. from email, and it just was that he. I think I'd met him, and he'd asked me a, a few questions, and it just became business questions. And so it's just that like I, I talk in one of my talks this year about how Netflix changed the video game mm-hmm. and eliminated Blockbuster, and Uber are doing it to, to taxis. And you know, right now the, the disruptive innovation in, in video games is the Pokemon Go stuff. So. <laughs> It, it, it is. It's, you can't ignore it, right? Yeah. But, but, um, there's there's a change, and I think um, part part of that is I, I've been been blessed with the ability to really listen to what people was, were asking me. You know, they were at first a lot of it was um, I think fat loss program, and we really didn't know what we were doing. You know, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, we're just we're copying bodybuilders or endurance athletes mm-hmm. and hoping that it, it worked for. A, you know, a, a 45-year-old lady who trains three hours a week. You know, I mean, we just had now, I feel like the industry's got a hold on, on that. Mm-hmm. And then it was, it was business stuff. It was small group training and, you know, really business operations and doing things. So it's been, a, as I've known as a, a person, it's just I've really listened to, you know, what people are asking for. You know? So that's what you get. And then you get great people that Lon and Jason are doing good stuff and just the good trainers doing good stuff and just the, the business wasn't where it could be. And hmm. um, I'm able to help with that and I, like a, I, I like doing that. Like I like seeing like, people able to succeed just because of maybe 
my piece of advice or something, I've done them. So I quite enjoy that. But it's really just, I mean, I think the lesson there is just, if I asked you how many yellow cars you saw today, you you wouldn't know because you didn't have your radar up looking for yellow cars. Right. And that's, that's the idea of this, this business is that you just, if you can, if you can have your radar tuned into what people are asking, it, it, you know, great things can happen. Yeah, and if, if you're ever out in the uh, Somerville area of Massachusetts, go check out uh, Achieve. They just have done an incredible job, and uh, you know they're they're killing it. And I and I'm so impressed with what they Jason and Lauren have built out there. That even you know I work at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning. Don't get me wrong, but seeing what they've been able to do from you know a group training and community standpoint, and you know, the business side of things, just. Uh, Really, really inspiring stuff, and uh, it's just great to see the the work that you guys have all done together. It's fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, thank you, and, and congrats to them too. Because it's uh, I've always said like the I think I got this from from Mike Boyle actually. Like everybody's got the superstar client that they want to show you the before yeah. and afters of, and then there's the client that you didn't get good results with, but you're like, oh, they don't do what I tell them, mm. you know. <laughs> but you have to take credit for them all, right? Mm-hmm. They're all your people, so uh, you know, kudos to. Jason and Lauren and some of my other RFU group who just, you know, really they take what we're teaching, they run with it and, and embrace it and, 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 you know, make it their own and take it to the next level. Well, maybe we can, uh, th- there was a question uh, where people were asking, like, where do you see the, the industry going in the next, like, five or ten years? A lot of people were, were asking that. And, you know, I, I want to go back to, like, you and Rachel were talking about business stuff at those Perform Better Summits, you know, five, six, seven years ago when, like, you go there now. Like, that was the, that was the business talk. And now you, you go there and you see, you know, like, seven, eight, nine, ten presenters at these summits doing business talks you guys were so far ahead of the game with helping people on on that side of the the fitness industry so um do, do you have any kind of, like without you know ruining anything that you're like working on and stuff do you have any kind of you know thoughts on on where things are going or you know what we should be listening to when it comes to helping people just in general or on in terms of their businesses well there's a, a few things that I get asked that question a lot. What do you see in the next 10 years? What do you see in the next five years? It seems like every summit, right? Like the, yeah, the Q&A. I have, I have no idea. Like if, I had that, if I had that superpower, I would not be looking at the <laughs> I'd be looking at Super Bowl winners and, and things like that. Right. Um, the, the interesting thing is, I, other than Thomas Plummer, who was really working with um, big gyms, like mm. the Gold's gyms and the 24-hour fitnesses and the powerhouse gyms, there, there was no one really doing anything like this for for the small studio or the professional trainer. Mm-hmm. So so we were definitely the first people to be, be doing that. And maybe there's somebody that I'm not aware of. I'm definitely the first person that I knew because I'd have hired whoever else was out there to help. Right. Right. And so now this is not this is not one of these like I'm trying to you know make a name for myself. There's a whole bunch of options now with coaching groups and business groups. Mm-hmm. Right. That's very cool to me. Because now we're a real profession. Like, I'm not the only game in town, and I'm not this odd guy who's telling trainers how to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, or... or uh, and I remember guys in the past that they're billing maybe 10, 15 years ago. One of the strong pieces of advice from one of the, the industry leaders was that you get paid one session in advance on a retainer so that you get paid for the session on Monday and one in advance in case they no-showed. Mm-hmm. And which... It, the time was great, but now there's actually people being full-time trainers supporting their families 
from this. It'd be 10 years ago, uh, I think that the life cycle of a trainer is about 18 months. And then I've read recently, it's maybe five to six years now that, that someone's around. So the, the one thing is, in terms of business stuff, there's, there's more opportunities, there's more things people do and things. And I'm not, I, I have an absolute abundance mentality with this. It's, it's really cool and I really like it because it shows that we're, we're transitioning as a profession. Mm-hmm. What that means though is you can't not be doing this anymore. You can't not be studying business, right? Because the game's changing. And I, it, one of my profound better talks, I talk about if you've been in this field after 2004, you think the TRX is a standard piece of equipment that every gym had. It didn't right. exist until 2004. Mm-hmm. And it came along and it changed the game and, and you have to evolve and you have to change. I, I think we switched at, at Results Fitness from billing by the session to billing monthly as a monthly membership, mm-hmm. which now is, is a normal thing. Um, that then was a complete change no one was doing that and there was a lot of resistance i still get that a little bit how do you switch people to monthly how do you switch people to semi-private it's now a fairly normal way of doing business uh, as for what's next i i think i was looking this morning and i started a facebook personal page in like 2009 maybe and i think i did my business page maybe late 2010 since then facebook's changed dramatically like you can't I can't do that live speed coaching I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do Facebook Live now, but it requires video. And see, I used to do Facebook speed coaching. I was like, answering your questions here, but I wasn't sat at a computer staring at it, waiting for the questions. Right. You know, I was I was doing things. I was setting up something else. I was reading something. You know, getting getting something to drink, and then I would answer questions. And I called it grouting the twenty minutes. Like I got a twenty minute gap, and I'd answer questions in in spots with that. I, like I can't sit for 30 minutes and do a Facebook Live I'm too busy but it's, uh, there's not a, a complaint yet, just an observation and it, it's mm-hmm. changing uh, I think um, technology is, is becoming um, I don't know where we're going with it um, but technology you're going to have to embrace it uh, if you're against it I think we're going to be doing programming on iPads uh, you can now like off, off my phone I can video a client squatting and I can overlay a grid on it and show them the movements. That was impossible maybe six, seven years ago unless you had you know, a high-end video camera in a studio with a grid in the background. Now you can do it off your phone. Yeah. So there's a lot of super cool stuff like that. Um, some of the velocity-based technology where you can, you know, you're putting a collar or a magnet on the bar and you can look at bar speed. Uh, these are things that I, I know what they do. I don't know where we're going with it in personal training. Um, I think that there's a lot of tools there um, and I think that's where we're, we're heading like it's going to become more the, the problem I see is that whenever we have a technological innovation like, uh, we want to make it that we lose the personal touch and I think that's a mistake I think that as of anything there's always this pendulum swinging where we go you know, right, right now I, I remember teaching um don't bother with steady state aerobics uh, for fat loss. It doesn't, research shows it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And at the time we were doing so much aerobic work that this was quite a dramatic statement. Now, the part that people miss, as I said, for fat loss purposes. That's all. I never wrote for a, whole, for a whole program, but I did say for fat loss purposes. Now the time goes the other day around, everyone's doing long, slow aerobics and recovery workouts, right? 
And the answer is probably somewhere between the two. And it's the same with technology. We'll continue to, 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 to swing from it'll be all app-based and iPad-based and we'll, we'll be doing things of, you know, at such a level. But then we'll swing back to throw everything out and we'll go back to raw coaching. And I think that will continue to go. The, the, the thing I, like in 2010, 2010 was the tipping point for the smartphone, where more people had smartphones like, like iPhones than, than had the old flip phones. That was the <laughs> year where that was the line across us six years ago. And at that time, you definitely probably had a computer. Yeah. And you probably had a laptop and you had a smartphone, but you didn't have a tablet because they didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And really, when you think about it, Kevin, a, a tablet is a laptop not as good. Right. Right? And like a giant phone that you can't make a call from. <laughs> yeah. It's this, this spot between the two that no one thought they needed. But Steve Jobs saw that there's a hole here, there's something there mm-hmm. that, that could deliver almost the benefits of a laptop and almost the benefits of a phone. It's just something like a hybrid, really a, a hybrid between the two. A, a, a Apple guys would be mad if I'm describing it as that, but that's what it was. It, those guys saw it and said there's a hole here I don't know what the fitness iPad is but the, it might have been going to small group training as opposed to what at the one time you only had one on one in large generic group and then we went to small group and it, it might it might be that was, was the innovation then but there's another one um, and I I, would, I like to to think that like we're going to see something like that like I've used that uh, a machine at the gym where you can it's like a Kaiser but you can adjust the air resistance in real time off the handle mm-hmm. oh wow so, like you can you can continue like you can adjust the load in real time during a set like imagine if we could do that with a, like without like imagine a squat that I just adjust that like I can change the load just based on on real time feedback I think something like that's coming soon where we just it'll be the ultimate training session that your body will get all the feedback again. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't have a hard answer to what it's going to look like in ten years, but I, I think we're going to see a lot more more technology and uh, you know real time application of data and being able to use stuff like that, and will be quite exciting to, to see what we do with it. Uh, so that that's really the direction. Um, the, because the business stuff is growing, it's a sign that. To me, that the profession is growing, and, and that's exciting to me that there's you know people are really doing this for real. You're not just doing mm-hmm. part time or you're waiting between acting gigs. Like you're not. <laughs> you don't you don't have a real job? Uh, you know, like that. That's the the stuff I like. But also, like I know when we we are the only gym in town that's still open with the same owners from when we opened 16 years ago. Results Fitness. I've seen a lot of gyms come and go. But there are more gyms now than there's ever been. Mm. The, the small studio, like the, the three to five thousand square foot small gym, that's maybe higher priced based on coaching. It's, it's hot right now and it, it's growing and it, it won't always be hot because we'll continue to adjust the markets. That, that as that exclusive training went up, also the low price anytime fitness, planet fitness, all those ones, they're still going too. But there is more competition now, so it's, it's not just about being being better than the competition. So about being able to differentiate yourself, and I think you know, Lauren and Jason are great examples of uh, that. Culture differentiates them. 
take care. You know, a perfect example is, you know, uh, the Mark Fisher fitness guys in New York. Absolutely. They've got a very unique culture. Um, that's, I mean, it's not for everybody. <laughs> I think they'll be the first to say that, but that is by choice, right? But they, they're not competing on sets and reps and exercise selection, mm-hmm. right? They're in, a, they're in a category of one. And actually, we, we try to do it. it was, similarly, Westside Barbell's culture is very different. Yeah. You know, MBSC is very different. It, it's with, with the knowledge of training being what it is, that I can get Mike's latest work and see his latest workouts. I can see Body by Oil online, strength coaches see great stuff. That the differentiator is not going to be sets and reps and exercise. It's going to be, you know, coaching and culture. Mm-hmm. And so the, the changes to me are that it's, it's getting more and more real. I don't think maybe 15 years ago. I know when we opened, I would tell people on a gym and they'd ask you, yeah, and what do you do for a living? You know, <laughs> like what, are you, what is your real job? Right. So now it's quite quite good. Um, but like I, I'm excited to be, for a while I just didn't like being in the, the fitness industry. I just felt like it was a, there was no, we weren't really going anywhere, we weren't getting taken seriously, but the last <laughs> five to seven years has gotten exciting. You know, it's, I think we're, we're considered uh, High quality people like it's the, the, the days of us being like the meathead bodybuilders <laughs> in India are, are thankfully gone, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, still Planet Fitness will put their commercials on TV though, but uh, well, here, here's my thing though, right? I know they're not for me, right? Yeah, but they know who they're for, yep. Right? And that, that's the part is it's it's um, it's really hard. I was, I was talking to someone uh yesterday actually that. Right now, the Republican National Convention, the Democratic National Convention is on. If you want to study speaking and presenting, watch these guys without caring what the message is. Just watch how they present. Yeah, It's hard to do because you have an opinion on what they're saying. right? But if you want to study presenting and speaking, you, you watch. Like I watched Donald Trump and Michelle Obama, and I, I watched them both again. It was segments with the sound turned off. And that's world-class presenting. It doesn't even matter what they're saying. I'm watching it. Communication, I think, is, I forget the numbers, but it's mainly body language and tone, and and only 7% is the actual words. So you watch how they they do that without without judgment on what they're saying, how they're presenting. You can get a huge education being a presenter. So when you look at someone like Planet Fitness, you're like, they've figured out their culture and who they're for and who they're not for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, they're not for me, but it doesn't mean I can't learn something. There, you know, like I, I, I think we have to lift heavy. Occasionally, you're going to grunt, and I might drop a deadlift occasionally. Right? We we have chalk and platforms and bumper plates in our facility, so we're very different. But I do like that they know who they are and who they're for. You know, like I, I think a lot of trainers will take anybody's money, mm. like anybody who can afford them. You're a perfect fit here, and that never works. So there's there's part of them that, like I said, personally, they're not for me. Same same as as politics. There are people you're, you're for and people you're not for. But if you can see beyond that and see the good stuff, like that, that's a, a different level of thinking. So I think, I think Planet Fitness is a, a perfect example of if you can get your personal <laughs> thoughts on what a gym should be mm. and just watch what they're doing, there's something you can learn there and, and embrace. And maybe take the, could you be for the exact opposite person and create that same strong culture? Hey, let's just pause for a second to talk about some pedestal footwear stuff, guys. I just did an awesome training session this morning in my house, and 
Of course, I was wearing my pedestal footwear socks. I was knocking out some heavy goblet position, rear foot elevated split squats using my couch as my RFE stand. And these socks are just so good because first off, I know it's the summer right now, but now we're going to be getting towards the winter. And I like to usually train barefoot like in the winter, but not anymore because I have these pedestal footwear socks. So I'm not going to have to train in shoes. I'm going to get that great proprioception, that great information that the foot contact of the ground is giving my body. And I'm going to be good to go. And also in the summer, like, you know, you slip them on, you go and train, you can take them off and you don't need to throw them in the wash because they're silver treated. They're made for people to train hard in. They thought about all this stuff when they designed these things. So I go through like one pair every single week and I got two pairs. I always keep one in my travel bag. I keep one that is literally just next to my home gym equipment. So I can, I just slide them on when I go and train, like, you know, slide them on do my, my soft tissue work, do my warm up, And I'm even doing plyometrics. Like I'm jumping, doing my 45 degree lateral bounds in these socks. And they're awesome. They're fantastic for that, for plyometrics, for athletics. And again, I keep hearing more and more stuff from people that are checking them out and loving them. People that are guests on this show, you know, they're getting sent, you know, a pair or two to try out and they're having great things to say about them too. So I hope you go to pedestalfootwear.com Get two pairs, order two pairs. You guys have heard me talk about these things for weeks now. What has stopped you from checking these out? Get two pairs, you get free shipping, and you're not going to go back. You're going to want to just train in these socks all the time. I absolutely love them. They got great new styles to check out as well. Go see what they got at pedestalfootwear.com. Yeah, I think I think that more than anything that I've seen in this industry, it's just like what you're saying. It's like people, you're, you're, you almost need to differentiate yourself based on your gym culture more than anything because we're kind of doing you know the same programs. We're kind of all doing triceps, or we're doing group training, and we're doing you know things that are in that same kind of wheelhouse. But the the thing that differentiates is you know what what is the experience once I walk through the door? What are the coaches like? What are their personalities like? Do I actually want to come here? I'm like, oh man, I gotta go. I get to see that damn coach again. He's such an asshole. Like uh, that's what listen, it seems to be all about. If you imagine you're walking down a, a, a street and you look in a, a strip mall window, and there's a bunch of guys there in these white pajama-looking things with colored belts around their waists, kicking and punching and jumping around. Um, are you watching uh, Taekwondo or are you watching karate? Mm. You can't know. It looks the same, right? Right. So when you look in the window of the gym, and I watch people doing push-ups, battle ropes, pushing a sled, squats, box jumps. I, I don't know what that is. Is mm. that CrossFit? Is that MBSC? What is that? Right. that I, I don't know because that stuff just looks the same. It looks like a bunch of people working out and having a good time. So I'm going to join the one that looks like they're having the most fun and the most good time because that's what I want to do. Or if I think fitness is really serious, I want the one that looks really strict and military-like. Right, but you can't, we all look the same in the window, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's internal. And that's the hardest thing to communicate is that, hey, it's going to be different here once you come in. One thing we did is you used to come in, I, I don't know, it's been, been a while since you've been out. We used to have our dumbbells lined up. So the heaviest dumbbells were near the front desk. So when you looked in, you saw the heavy dumbbells first. Just moving that around so you didn't see the heavy dumbbells until you went to the back of the gym increased our sign-ups <laughs> because yeah. people aren't intimidated by huge weights, right? Just little things like that that you don't realize because we think like trainers. You know, we don't think like, like prospects. But it's, 
it's a you know a perfect example. You're not gonna you're not gonna differentiate yourself based on you do eight sets of five and I'm doing five sets of eight. Like we both do forty reps, <laughs> right? So it's the other stuff that's, that's gonna make the difference. Do, I mean, with all the people that you've worked with, have you found that um, you, you've seen professionals or, or coaches that their, their roadblock has really been that they just want to they want to have everyone train the way that they want to train. Like they have the way that they like to lift and they're just trying to, you know, share that with the population that they're trying to attract, but then they cannot attract enough people because there aren't enough people that want to do what they want to do. And then they have to change. Have you run into any of that? Well, I think if I, if I was a martial arts instructor, that's what I'd have done. I'd have just had two guys that were former Marines or something and made no money because that's the kind of stuff I like. But it's, I mean, the, I think a lot of coaches want to be, again, it's another Mike Boyle line. Most people ask a question because you want, they want you to tell them that they're right, mm-hmm. not right. that we actually want to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of coaches out there who think they've discovered how to train for them, and mm-hmm. they have, and they just want to be correct. I'm not interested in being correct. I'm interested in being effective. Yep. Right? I want to help people. And the answer is not always going to be more weight on the bar. The answer can be something else. So it's, it's your motivation just to imprint your workout style upon the world, or is it to change the world? Like, are you trying to you know, genuinely help people because of your superpower, which is your ability to teach exercise and fitness and nutrition? Or do you just, you know, the, the answer is this, and I, that's not only, like, the only the only drug I have is heavy squats, and mm-hmm. you're just going to have to do that no matter who you are. So I think it's a, and I think I've seen a lot of coaches like that, but I think it's fair to say that they're a dying breed. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that the end, of, like I've said to to people that uh, you know perform better, if you're not understanding that DBRT system that Josh Henkin and his team mm-hmm. have created on movement, this industry is passing you by. Yep. You can you can fight it all you want, but it, like, like I've always said, there's the, always the old school trainer who's all right, worked for me in the seventies and it'll work today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I, I respect that if you are still using Betamax tapes to watch <laughs> movies, you, you don't have a phone and you don't you're not on a computer at all, mm-hmm. right? And you, you you've decided to just just embrace nothing but this old style across the board. Because it seems weird to choose physiology as the only thing that you're not, you know, staying current with. Mm-hmm. So I think those guys are uh, uh, largely a, a dying breed. But on the flip side, I think there's a, a trend too, where again, it's, this is, you know, how we, how we the pendulum seems to continue to swing. But there's a little file every now and again where we just get completely caught up in being wannabe physical therapists. <laughs> yeah. we're, doing a, we're doing a whole bunch of and, and I love the PRI guys I love all these guys and we're doing breathing drills and we're doing low intensity aerobic exercise and stretching and it just becomes this we're really looking after the one end of the spectrum mm-hmm. and then we swing way back and we're doing all hardcore 5 three, one right and we, we go there and, and we need to do a little of both but there is a place for the old school guy who's like you know it's, we're going to just we're going to train hard training hard can fix a lot of things mm-hmm. Like just just asking your body, you know, asking your body to do something that it's never had to do before, that will create an adaptation, and a lot of good things can happen. And that does allow us to be to be sloppy. But I, I do see a lot of, um, you know, it's 
there's things I see at, at seminars where people are just like they're in they're in talks with physical therapists. I'm like, you shouldn't. They were we're on a zone where we get mad at physical therapists, right? Fitness programs, right? We get pissed off. Now I mean, that's my world. They shouldn't be writing these programs. Nutritionists shouldn't be writing workouts. And I'm like, but we'll write diets and we'll do rehab. Right. Right. But let's let's give those professions the respect they deserve too. And, mm-hmm. You know, get get better at media. So there there is a there is a place for these. Well, I say the old guys. Some of them are young, right? Like they're just stuck in their ways. It's old school guys. There is a place for that. Don't don't ignore um, as martial arts has evolved in the UFC there's still like a good a good left hook to knock guys out you know like that's the some, some basics are still there for for a purpose well, well let me ask you uh, just on like the tech side uh, thing for, for a second like I, I've been seeing lots of stuff out there um, whether it be like like uh, I mean, I don't want to like call any of them out, but but what I found is that there are there's lots of great stuff out there. We can get some good live information from the people that we're working with, but um, potentially that stuff might still just be a little bit overcomplicated. Like it hasn't been like I don't want to say like Appleified, but like more or less, yeah, like yeah, sim- yeah. simplified. Uh, and maybe maybe the only company like that's really intriguing to me right now is what Nike's doing with their Nike Plus training stuff. Like they seem to really be you know, putting the pieces together and putting together some like really great training stuff, like training programs and, you know, giving good feedback with the, their apps and stuff. But I'm kind of curious if you, have you been using anything and in, in like, are, is there anything that stands out and be like, yeah, this is actually something that we really do need to keep an eye on. And this like information, this live information, these statistics are going to be valuable for us as coaches. Well, that, that's the question is this, there's, there's a, I've said this before. I, I worked with a, a guy a long time ago who would do a, an assessment that took like eight hours mm-hmm. and I would see the, the programs that were written off of that and I think I was 80% there right. in about 30 minutes, you know? So I'm like, are we, and I've said this to my guys, if we're doing an assessment in the beginning, are we collecting data just for the sake of it or is this data going to direct <laughs> something? Mm-hmm. Is this going to change something that we're doing? So I don't think we're there yet. I, I don't, I think we're in the, the data collection, uh, you know, world where we can start getting some data in real time, but mm-hmm. I'm not like, I mean, other than obviously heart rate data, that, that changed our programming a bit for our metabolic stuff that I could look at. Rather than say work for 60 seconds, rest for 60, you would work based on what your body was telling me, mm-hmm. right? And I could adjust your work and rest and it was there and, and the results went through the roof there because that was real time. Um, with some, I don't know if we've got that yet with the strength stuff, maybe with some of the velocity-based applications we will, but my, my answer is not yet. I'm not seeing anything that's changing what we do. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm seeing stuff that it has potential and because we're, we're getting data we we're able to get that <coughs> some of it's uh, like a, there's a Jim Liston who's a, I think he's now with uh, Toronto uh, Major League Soccer team used to be with the LA Galaxy. He used to say that everything in fitness is like the rule of shits. Right? <laughs> so, some of it's like 50% of it's yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, you, should, you should get strong. Um, like 25% is, is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 25, 20, 20% is, is good shit. And then there's a small percentage at the end of 5%. Like, oh shit! I gotta do that, right? And I, don't, I think we've got a lot of like. Uh, 
look, this app is telling me that as the guy does more reps, he gets tired and slows down. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's what I thought happened. <laughs> I don't think he gets he gets faster on you know re- you know later reps as he fatigues. But um, what do we do with it? Yeah, like, uh, I, I see a lot of stuff. We get sent a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff on readiness and where you are. It, right now, it's just cool. It's just good. Mm. But um, I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen anyone do it where they're they're, they're training uh, and they're coaching and in in the real time. And and day to day, week to week, has really uh, evolved that much. That this is a this is a game changer forever. I, I would say that the the real time heart rate monitoring, which is I mean, it's not it's not new, but it's still not common. And that that was a big change. There's a lot of people are using it, but they use it still for steady state training. Mm-hmm. The issue is that they don't they're not using it for interval based stuff. So so that's been been cool. But uh, I think. Uh, you know, Nike and Nike Plus, they really, that company's so big, yeah. they, can, they can do anything they want. Right? If they decide to embrace this, it, it would be great. And I think there's, like I think I said before, that I think we've gotten, we've evolved metabolic training to be more than just, you know, a, a steady heart rate and a steady RPMs. And I think strength training will start becoming, you know, strength training for sport and life is going to be asymmetrical, alive, self-limited but there's going to be a real-time component where we don't really know what the session's going to be looking like we're mm-hmm. going to adjust as we go based on, on feedback but to, to answer the original question we don't have we, we just have cool stuff now right I don't I don't know yet how it's going to go but I'm I'm a, I like it I like it it's, I'll be honest it's been a long time since I've been excited about training innovation mm-hmm. and there's some cool stuff now that they get me excited about those stuff. Like I think reactive strength training is going to be something cool. Uh, like there's some different things um, coming. I think that, like I said, the DBRT stuff was one of those. It, it, I thought it was a bag full of the sand. You know, <laughs> but like I'll be honest, and and, and all, all my respect to, to Josh, it, it's it, it doesn't even need to be that tool. It's just a tool we use to, to teach this this movement that's just in, in real time and multi-variable and, and it's DBRT stands for dynamic variable resistance that the load's always changing your body's forced to react and it's just super cool stuff and I think that's going to go bigger and bigger and bigger yeah so I mean, it just goes to show like how incredible the education has been from from Josh and his team like they that's what was needed we needed to figure out like we needed to be taught why this tool is so important and why it's so valuable for us as coaches yeah, I mean the original sandbags that, that uh, you'd see, not not from Josh, but they were almost just like soft barbells. Yeah, they didn't move at all, you know, just a heavy heavy sack. So if you first saw them, you know, this is this is stupid. It's just an odd shaped barbell. But what he has now, you know, when it moves and the different sizes, he needs to use them. Our slogan at Results Fitness is you not know, changing the way fitness is done, mm-hmm. and I think I think the DBRT guys are part of that, and I think it's just the I've always liked this, um, I call it the, the mixed martial arts approach to training. Like the, the UFC began as, it began, if you look at, let's look at the history of it, as a marketing tool for the, the Gracie family mm-hmm. to sell Gracie Jiu-Jitsu as a superior fighting system. Because nobody understood how to fight off your back, really. No other martial arts were doing it. Wrestlers, when their back touched the mat, that, that fight's over. So no one was really studying it. 
So they created a rule set where the fight could continue, and they were so dominant, they won the first three or four UFCs. Um, but now the sport has evolved so much that you can't just come in with one martial art anymore. Hmm. You've got, you've got the, the, the guy who's blown up the, the welterweight uh, division as a, as a karate fighter, Stephen Thompson. Like you're seeing like it's, you, you, there's no one discipline anymore. You can't just be a jiu-jitsu guy. You can't just be a boxer. You have to train all these disciplines. And I think fitness training is like that. We, we can't, you can't choose between powerlifting or the DDRT system, or the kettlebell, or the TRX. You need to know it all. Because mm-hmm. we might, sometimes the answer is just, we just need more brute strength. I just need to get this kid bigger for football. Right? right? I need to make this big, strong kid faster. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, what do I need? And there's different different tools for that. So I think that's the, that's the exciting part, is just, you don't really ask people what, kind of trainer they are anymore you know like we're just we're, we're, I assume that maybe you'll sometimes get somebody you know a power clean maybe you'll give them a squat I just I wouldn't assume that you're like I don't do goblet squats because <laughs> I don't get kettlebells that doesn't make sense anymore mm-hmm. right but that used to be what happened you know so I, I like it I really like that with our, our approach that it's really just I, I think we're, we're we're such a young field that we're at a point of like massive change. We're gonna start seeing some really cool stuff. That I, I don't know if the, the workouts of the you know late seventies, early eighties were that much different from the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. But the, I know the stuff we were doing when we opened in ninety nine, two thousand. It's not what we're doing now. It's, it's very different. You know, there's a lot more tools, a lot more more uh, coaching, a lot more uh, influence in that that realm. So it's a it, it's it's a cool time to be involved. And you're right there at the forefront, my man, on the fit cast. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, to be real, like I'm, it is, it's awesome to still be really excited about this industry and the things that, that, you know, we're doing and, and we're changing. And like my big thing that I've realized over the last couple of months, the more that I think about it is like, you know, I've been training athletes a lot, but like the real reason I got into this is to, help all those people out there that you know the obese population the people that are overweight the people that need our help but we they just don't know how to kind of get into the door or maybe they're never going to get into the door how do we help them if they're never going to step through you know door into a, a strength training facility like those people still deserve our help and they deserve you know help from from someone we just got to figure out how to how to reach them and i think that but i think that, that sport is it's interesting to talk about that there's a a guy just broke the deadlift world record like, very yeah. recently, but then he deadlifted the country, I think. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kendra Harrison just broke the 100 meter hurdles uh, world record. Mm-hmm. Sport has never been better. It's yeah. never been better. But America is in the middle of an obesity epidemic. General mm-hmm. fitness has never been worse. So I don't know if, if, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Just based on what you're saying, is that I, I can't. I, I I admire the high level athletics. Like I love the, the Olympics. I love all that stuff. But at some level, I'm like, this is the yeah. The swimmers are getting faster. The track athletes are getting faster. The deadlifts are getting heavier. The squats are getting heavier. Sports are not time bench. But none of that, none of those strength coaches there, have been able to help anybody and make a real difference. That's what gets me excited. 100%. That is, that's we, exactly we can, what I'm talking about. We can change the world. Right? It's, well, this is, I mean, Michael is, 
talked about it in presentations this year, and um, I, I uh, thought about it. That book, Start With Why, mm-hmm. you just keep asking yourself that. that like, I truly believe that every, every single family, every single small business, large business, town, government, just, it's just a collection of people. Mm-hmm. And if I can reach one person in one family or one small business, one large business, one government, one sports team, one, one country, and I can make everything in their life better, I can make them healthier, I can make them move better, feel better, and perform better, have more energy, and be, be better at everything they do, then I can impact every family, every small business, every large business, every government, and I can change the world. And my power to do this is through smart exercise and, and good nutrition and social support and, and helping people to do that. And I think if we understand what we can do as fitness coaches, is all we have to do is do that to every family in this, in this world. And we can change the world. There's so much power that we have, right? And we can do anything. And Because I, I truly believe I, if I make anybody a little healthier, everything in their life gets better. Mm-hmm. And if I make everything in the life better, the knock-on effect is huge. And that, that's my why. That's what keeps me going in terms of, of helping people. Because like I said, it's, sport doesn't need me. I, they don't. Like they, I'm not going to be able to impact world sport, but I can, I can help my time. Yeah. I can help this country. And, and that's, like, that, that excites me because we're still, we're still not as, as good as we're getting and as better as we're getting and as, as serious as we're taking things and learning business, we're still not making our mark. We still get so much, so much opportunity being left on the table that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting and it's, it's almost frustrating, you know. I, I, I totally hear you. And, I, and it's just like echoing what you're saying is like, there's still so many people out there that, that, that want help. And it's not, you know, the, these discussions are weird, but it's not like anyone wants to continue to gain more weight to get, you know, more overweight because it just makes life so much harder with, with health issues and just hell, just getting, you know, out of your car, just getting out of bed, just getting onto the toilet. It's making, uh, you can make people's lives so much better by getting them a little bit stronger and getting them a little bit lighter. And that that's, I mean that that's the thing that you know I I totally agree with you. We're still not we're still not figuring that out. It's getting better, but we still haven't figured it out. There's still a lot of work to do. Well, I think part of it too is we don't reach them because I mean I not not to. Well, they're not coming to us, right? Well, if you look at I'll make this joke. If you've ever seen, I'm not gonna you know point fingers. Have you ever seen any of these workout fails? Or when we point fingers at other organizations for shitty form and shitty things? Yeah, who's it helping? you, you've seen that, but I bet 90% of it that you saw was posted by fitness professionals. It's sad. Why, why would, you wouldn't see a doctor at UCLA So hey, check out this video of this shitty doctor. Yeah. Right? But we, we do it all the time, and it's just like, it, it, the, the other part is most trainers have never hired a trainer. Mm-hmm. Like if I ask trainers, do you believe a trainer is valuable? Do you believe a trainer can help you get to your goals faster and, and safer than you can do on your own? A hundred percent will agree. And I'm like, so have you done that? Have you hired a trainer? Do you practice what you preach? Do you believe in it? And our answer is no. So at some level, we don't really believe that mm-hmm. because we're not practicing it. And we're more excited to show you how shitty somebody else's workout is on, on social media than to show you here's some awesome stuff some people are doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it's quite a, 
I think we, you know, it's time for us to stop doing that. Like, uh, we're not helping anybody, and we're not we're not motivating Mrs. Jones, who's lost and doesn't know where to start. We're not motivating her by arguing which one of us is right, right? Because she's got a journey ahead of us. It's going to be it's a multiple year journey to lose a lot of weight and become truly healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a, it's not a short fix, and we're, you know, our, that that's one of the things that that uh, I think. The social support part, the culture part, to, to come full circle. That's the magic. I, I can get in shape with, with any exercise program if I can get it to just feel not afraid to come in and feel like she belongs here. You know, and then then we can we can truly change the world. I, I, I hope a lot, you know, the, the people that are listening to this show, like you know, the ten, fifteen thousand people that are fitness professionals, uh, take that challenge and let's like that, I get, again, I, I totally agree with you. I, you know, like you couldn't have said it better. Um, all right, well, let's see if we can fit in a couple, a couple questions. Well, sure, yeah, People are going to kill me. A single question. Um, all right, so uh, Elizabeth Stacy, and sorry, uh, you say so I'm going to read this whole thing. Uh, oh gosh, here's another embarrassing fan moment here. But uh, uh, obsessed with both Alan and Rachel. Uh, loved their books. Loved Alan's presentation at Perform Better uh, Functional Training Summit. Uh, I believe that's what what it was. Uh, before, uh, P.S. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. <laughs> P.S. Kevin, you don't have to read this quote out loud this time, though. Uh, but I did. So this is just to be clear. This is Elizabeth Stacy, who's obsessed with me and Rachel. Yeah. Loves my books. Loves my presentation. Okay. Okay, Just, now that we got that out of the way. We won't, we won't say that out loud. Uh, what are the biggest uh, contributing factors to long-term success as a coach or trainer in this industry, in your opinion? Um, number one, uh, absolute, uh, learn like your, your life depends on it. Continue to learn like your life depends on it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that, that's one, is that, that we're, the field's too young, you, you haven't mastered it. I would say understand the business side of it because that's how it works. You need to understand the business as well as the, the physiology. Um, and not, don't be afraid of change. Embrace it. Seek it out and be afraid of not changing. Mm. And lastly, un- understand the, the client mindset. Think like a client, not like a trainer. The, the joke I make is that most trainers, when they come to a seminar and they check in at the hotel, one of the first things they do is they see if the gym, if the, the hotel has a gym with free weights in it. You got to scope it out. You got to scope it out. And you're so excited that there's dumbbells that are heavy. <laughs> right? and, and that's just made your trip. And I'll ask at seminars, that, have you ever done a leg workout that's been so hard mm-hmm. that the next day you're in trouble getting in and out of a chair, getting in and out of your car or walking? And everyone in the room nods and smiles. <laughs> that's not normal, people. No. That's, so you have to understand that you've become something different by becoming a trainer, but that's exciting to you. But that is not exciting to mm-hmm. a prospect. So you have to... You have to get your trainer head off and get your client head on. So I'd say learn like your your life depending on it. Understand the business side of this this field. Uh, embrace and, and seek change and evolution. Uh, understand the uh, really try to understand what it's like to be a client again. What it's like. Like I, I'll ask trainers, can you can you define eccentric for me? And everybody talks about like you know lowering the weight. <laughs> and like, well, an eccentric person is just kind of off. Like yeah. in the real world, that's what it really means. Like we don't, we even have our own language. 
you know? So it's to think like a client so we can reach the people that really need us. Uh, Thanks, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, great answer. Um, this is another uh, blast from the past. Uh, Galena uh, Gallia from the old uh, JP Fitness Summit Forum. She's still uh, kicking butt. Um, how has Alan changed the uh, changed the most as a teacher throughout the years? What were his biggest aha moments? Uh, I probably could do ninety minutes on this. I think the, <laughs> the, the biggest one is really understanding um, the the impact of. of Coaching, communication, and culture. Mm-hmm. Right, that I could. Uh, I used to used to guard our workouts. I used to guard uh, what what the the session looked like because I thought that was my my, my magic sauce, like my <laughs> secret sauce, right? And you know, we realized that yeah, me and and Mike and Marcus Fagan and yourself and Jim Wendler, mm-hmm. we might disagree on a couple of things, but most of it we don't. Right, a lot of it's a lot of it's real similar. And it's just the, the environment in which I can coach those results that, that makes a difference. Like I, I like, I like to to. I think I, that my strength is understanding the, the the culture of our gym. That it, there's always a culture there. It's just really realizing it mm-hmm. and ramping it up and tightening it and making it. Like, this is this is what it's like to be here. This is what it's like to train at Results Fitness. And I, I try to get a little bit of that. But, perform better where we I usually finish the hands on with a big circuit where the last person to finish is the star right not the person who gets done the fastest mm-hmm. like we're in this together and that, that if this person is going to take 20 minutes to finish the circuit we don't leave because we're a team mm-hmm. and I try to get that so I think my, my, my evolution is that um, I don't want to put down uh, program design is super important exercise selection is super important but I think that the magic might be this understanding that communication, culture, and the, the environment in which you deliver it—that uh, that could be that could be the stuff that. The, the, I have a slide in a, a presentation about a goldfish in a tank, and like when goldfish get sick, you, you don't treat the goldfish; you change the, the water mm-hmm. in the tank, you change the environment, and it's it's been the missing link for for a lot of gyms. It's, it's really you know. Building that culture and creating it, because a lot of a lot of gyms don't have a system where people are doing the same thing, so there is no culture. Well, there's always a culture. There's not a defined culture. So I, I would say that my my understanding that that was the hole in my game, that I was an exercise scientist, and I was really good at programming and, and executing things, but but understanding how to how to impact that that environment that I deliver these programs in, uh, that was it. So. Sort of a soft answer. Um, it's Lauren and Jason did a presentation for me, Lauren from Achieve Fitness, and one of their quotes was, "This is the stuff Alan taught us that I didn't think was important." Like, and I was trying to ignore it to get to program design and billing and, and how to run a session. And he goes, "But that culture is is the difference maker. Like people don't. I've got a, a story. There's a restaurant across the street from the gym where." All the staff at the restaurant with free memberships and results fitness. And, and one day this girl comes and she's she goes, Oh my my husband's um, and he's just back from the military. She's he he knows all about you guys, he's so excited. He goes that you know, you guys are some of the best in the country, you might be the best in the country. It's so exciting in this town, he loves your stuff. Can you sign a copy of the, the book for him? Like he saw you in myself. And I was like, sure. And but 
Like, you have a free membership. <laughs> and you don't come in. And she goes, yeah, I train uh, across town because that's where all my friends go. Wow. And I'm like, so, I, by her admission, I'm better than the competition. Mm, right. And I'm free. But you can't beat the culture of being with the friends. Mm. So, but think of that the reverse. Is if, if everybody at my gym is friends and you want to leave, you want to leave your friends. Right, so that that's the, really the understanding of that that whole culture. You can't like like I said, is being the best, and I don't have to convince her that we're any good, and I don't even have to convince her that we're worth anything because it's free, and she thinks we're the best. But you can't beat the culture of being around friends, and so that's that's what we've had. She started at Results Fitness, she would never leave, obviously, because we've got that culture. So, Galia, that's my answer. Is that uh, probably more more the personal part of this than the science part. I think. How are you doing on time? Do you have time for one more? Yep. Okay. I opened up my whole day. <laughs> well, I, I do. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, let's see if we can knock out uh, a couple more. Let's, uh, we got this one from Davey. Uh, when entering the fitness business space, the, uh, the importance of finding uh, a very narrow niche uh, has been preached ad nauseum. What advice would Alan have on finding your unique niche uh, and voice in such a saturated market? What, what uh, Dave, what keeps you up at night? What makes you upset and don't have solutions for? The, the stuff that, that you're, you know you're studying harder than anybody else, that's, that's the niche. Um, you don't have to seek it, it'll find you. Mm. I, I, mine for a long time was fat loss because my, my story, just to touch on it, is I was in college and I wrote a fat loss paper and it got an A and I gave my mom the program, my mom in Scotland, she was overweight, and she followed the program, she died of a heart attack, having not lost any, any fat at all, and there was this realisation that what the academic world and the research were telling us about fat loss did not work at all, mm-hmm. so that, that drove me for a certain number of years, uh, I was heavily involved in, in martial arts competition, and the training there, some of the training was archaic, so I got involved in that and then after I got sick I realized that I was not running the business um, I was reacting to things in business and didn't have a system so I, I got obsessed with I think you know fitness professionals should be extremely well compensated for doing great work so I became I was reading more about business than anybody I knew so the niche finds you so it's the one thing like you, if you have to try to figure out what it is, it's not it. You'll find it because there's something, David, that you'll, you're, you care more about than anybody else cares about. Like it, there's a skinny kids trying to get bigger. There's a kids trying to get faster. There's a rehab. There's something that's going to keep you up at night. And you know, you'll, you'll get excited when you read an article that, that hits home and that, that's your niche. But I, I wouldn't, don't, don't con- I think our niche now at, at Results Fitness is um, we're, we're not about the athletes. We have a bunch of athletes training, but my, I think our primary member is it seems to be someone who takes care of others, whether that's a mother, a school teacher, or some, somebody who's in some type of caretaking role, and we're the people that take care of the people that take care of people, mm. right? Regardless of whether that's a female or a male or a, you know younger or older. That's our niche is that I'm like, if you go down, if, if the mother of this family goes down, everything goes down. Um, 
So that that's our. So it's not always like baseball players, right? Or you know, youth athletes. It's not always something training wise. It could be something else. But you'll know it when you you just obsess about it all the time. Uh, let's see if we can get in uh, one more question because unfortunately I'm going to be the asshole and I'm up against the clock too because I got uh, I got business calls to make. Uh, this is from uh, Jameson. Uh, I'd love to hear his thoughts on practical ways of starting up a fitness challenge program. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming a fitness challenge, you mean some type of a contest, I'm thinking? Right. So the the first question is why? Why? What are we trying to do? What? What are we trying to solve here? Right? Every everything that we do at Results Fitness is a solution to a problem. So, are we trying to just motivate people for something? Right? In types in terms of a contest, um, are we trying to get people to do? So, there's a couple of contests you can do. We do a like a New Year fat loss contest, a New Year New You type thing. And I know that's been done in death and everyone talks about it, but I'm like, hey, there's an energy at the start of the year. There's an energy about positive change that you'd be dumb to not take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, so we embrace that. And <clears throat> it's a contest for the person that makes the biggest transformation, right? So it, it, we, we base it off of where you started, the biggest transformation wins a prize. We also do the second half of the year is the 100 workout challenge where you have to do 100 workouts in the latter half of the year, the last six months. Everybody wins a prize. All you have, that's what we call, one's a challenge goal where there's one winner. Uh, this one is a one where everybody's a winner. All you have to do is complete the process of 100 workouts mm-hmm. and you win. That's designed to keep people accountable. Right? So one's designed to take advantage of the positive change and give them some directed programming for a while to try to peak, to get in the best shape of their life on a certain day. That's a different motivation than the 100 workout challenge, which is just to try to create consistency. Mm-hmm. And then we do another one, for example, the, the DTS challenge, which is drop, drop two sizes, which is an eight-week program where we, we get people to drop two gene sizes in, in eight weeks. And the, the, the prize is you get a new pair of jeans from a boutique nearby. So everybody, there's no grand winner with that. Everybody who completes the program who gets in the jeans. The idea of that, again, is a short-term concentrated block of training to keep people motivated. We usually do that in the fall prior to the holidays. So they're all quite easy to start. Right? I mean, again, we could do 90 minutes on this and how to set these up, but really start with why. What are we trying to have happen? Mm-hmm. Like a, a, a front-end challenge, you can charge money for people to do it so that you make money. The 100 workout challenge at Results Fitness is free, but if I get people in for 100 workouts, I'm going to have great testimonials at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I just put a fence around my membership that no one's going to leave. There's no other gyms giving you money to just come in and work out. But I, I just I shut down the, anybody looking for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it's, it's a retention tool built in there. So part of that tool is I get great testimonials because you're going to look different 100 workouts from that if you do it right. Mm-hmm. And why would you, if you're coming to me four days a week, you're, you know, you're staying with me. And it also, if you're in four days a week, I bet it's better results than if you're in two days a week, right? So everything is better. So it starts with why. So the fitness challenges are like, you know, why are we doing it? What's the, what does, we ask this question all the time, what does success look like? If you do this perfectly, what happens? What are we trying to have happen? And some things you figure out when you're trying to have happen, and that changes your whole idea. So. Sorry if that's not too. That's a that's a deep question for the last one because yeah. there's a lot of steps into that one. 
Oh, I apologize. We uh, again, we're, we're up against the clock, but um, I, I do want to recommend that people do uh, a couple things. First off, um, you can go on Facebook. You can follow Alan Cosgrove on there uh, at Alan Cosgrove on uh, Twitter and a bunch of the other social uh, media places. And uh, if you do own a business, if you own a gym, uh, make sure you're going to uh, check out what they have going on at Results Fitness University and just go to results-fitness.com. And then uh, from there, you can find a bunch of the other things that they are are working on, including getting access to that uh, Results Fitness University. And um, are, are you guys going to be out in Long Beach too for the for the summit? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. We'll be there. Woo. Full, full, full team in effect. Is that is that all four for you? Were you at? Were you in Chicago too? No, I did the. I did the with New. I went to New Orleans for the NSA. Chris oh, just right. assigns me events. Yeah. And I, the way it fell, it was Orlando, New Orleans, Chicago, Rhode Island, like in back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. So I requested to just have one weekend, not on the road. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't do Chicago this year, so I love, the, I love the Chicago people, so I wasn't out there. Yeah, Chicago's a great city, uh, always a great event out there, but uh, of course we'll, we'll be out there in, in Long Beach soon, but uh, is there anything else that people should keep uh, an eye out for for people that are just, you know, into, fit, into fitness or if they're, you know, working in the industry? Um, if you, I will try to tell you everything that's going on at <laughs> the Facebook page of, of Results Fitness University or mm-hmm. on the resultsfitnessuniversity.com page. Um, I, I, I like. I like to. I, I always say like I study. I like to study Michael Boyle because he's still studying, and he saves me from having to study a lot of stuff. You know? right. Like I can. I can just see what Mike has, has agreed with. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a, a lot of um, really good stuff. Right? right now, the challenge is filtering it because mm-hmm. it's easy to get. I, I think that it used to be really hard to find continuing education in our field. Now it's easy to get education, but it doesn't have a path. You just randomly taking level one search, mm-hmm. you know, like like that's that's a that's not good. You need to have a direction to what you're doing. So absolutely, um, that that's the challenge now is to look at what what do you need to do next, not what else do you need to do. What do you do next? How do we go deeper and have a bigger understanding? So I think that's the that's the one thing to to look at to, to ask yourself: Am I getting am I getting better in any areas I'm doing? Or am I just getting lighter and learning more more stuff? Lots of stuff going on, um, but then, again, I apologize, guys. We gotta, we just gotta wrap it up there. But um, we will make sure to, uh, you know, stay up to date. Without it, will not be 400 episodes until we we chat again. I, I promise. And I'll be back episode 600. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, I'll, I'm gonna see you in like what, like 12 days or something like yeah. that. Anyway, so uh, maybe we'll start putting something in the books when we when we talk them. But um, Sir, thank you so much for, for hey, coming Kevin, on. Like, like, I, like I said at the start, you were the first guy to be doing this stuff. You're still doing it. You're still doing it really well. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to have been a part of it. I'm proud of you and what you're doing. And uh, even if I've impacted one listener one time, then, then I've done my job. So continued success on that. Keep it up. Thank you. That means that means uh, more than you can know uh, coming from you. So so thank you from that for that, and uh, thank you to the audience for for tuning in again. And uh, we will see you next week. Have a great week. Take care. Cheers, guys. Bye bye.